Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Welcome back to another episode of Phantology. Uh, my name is Jake, and I'm here with my lifelong friends, Ryan, Ben, Josh. Um, we're missing Steven today. <laughs> yeah. Jake, you had a perfect, like, what's up, Belters? Ah. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is an easy one. What's up, Belters? Welcome back to another episode of Phantology. I'm your host, Jake, and I'm here with my lifelong friends, Ryan, Ben, and Josh. Um, we're missing Stephen today. Uh, we'll be reviewing Leviathan Wakes, the first book in the um, Expanse series by James S. A. Corey. Two things, we're missing Stephen. Fortunately, we couldn't convince him to read this book with us. Flacker. So. Yeah, give them a lot of crap and discord and in comments and all that stuff. Second thing I was going to say is I'm really self-conscious that I'm in um, my new place and this room sounds very echoey to me. I don't know how it's sounding to you guys, but first time recording in the new place and I think we're going to have to throw some uh, pads or something in here. Yeah, it maybe sounds a little echoey, but I think it's fine, really. Jake, I must say your beard game is on point today. I'm, I'm oh. noticing it. It looks. Did oh. you like go to the barber recently? Sorry, no, no, it's terrible. Tangent. You should see the, you can't see it because of the definition of this, of the recording, but um, I haven't shaved in a really long time. And like the straggler hairs up here are like half an inch long. Like Ooh, it's, it's looking pretty rough in real life. <laughs> okay. Well, but I appreciate it. That made me feel good because I've been, we've been moving. And so I've just had like no time for anything like that. I don't even know where my like razor is right now or trimmer. And uh I'm like, how long can I push this? Like, I definitely have to find that stuff this weekend, I think. You know who probably has a great beard? Jim Holden. Jim Holden. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice segue. Nice right? segue. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your guys' like overall thoughts on, on the book. <clears throat> any any hot takes? Well, okay, yeah. Wait. I want to talk about like before we get into our overall thoughts, I want to like talk about like how this um book kind of like resonated within like the you know, overall fantasy community. I know a lot of people for me, like, even if they haven't read a lot of books, they've seen this TV show. So like, let's talk about like the hype surrounding this. I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners know that this is like a Amazon prime TV show. Yeah. Um, I will say I did watch the first season of the, the Amazon adaptation before reading this. And it, and I wonder how much that's going to affect my, my thoughts and feelings of the book itself. So as far as the adaptation, it was originally done by the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. Oh. And later on, it was, I think, maybe canceled or sold uh, to Amazon. I, I don't know if it happened in that order gotcha. or um, what have you. But I think it's one of the more popular book adaptations and that a lot of book fans are also fans of the TV show. I think the 
common uh, consensus that I've read is people will say they're both great. The books are probably a little bit better than than the TV show. So if you like the TV show, you'll probably like the books as well. And for me personally, I watched, I think, maybe three and a half seasons of the TV show before I decided to go back and start reading. And I did really like the TV show. Um, like the some of the actors were a little bit maybe like not quite my favorite and and sometimes I would notice little things about their acting that I didn't like especially for for the main characters um, who play uh, Jim Holden and uh, Detective Miller but I, I still really enjoyed the tv show and I I did enjoy the books or the first book as well that's, that's all I've that's all I've read so yeah, Ben, did you have anything you wanted to add as far as the uh, the TV show or the place this has in the sci-fi fantasy community? Yeah, I mean, just that, like I said, I know like a few people I work with, um, they all are big fans of the TV show. And so they kept on asking me if I've watched the TV show, if I've read it, because they know I'm a fan of, you know, fantasy and sci-fi. And I, I never had. So I feel like we're a bit late to the game, but. For sure. I watched, like the last I watched, book came out last year, mm-hmm. this past year. Yeah. And the final TV season, right? And I think, I, I, I remember I watched the first season and it was kind of one of those, I liked it, but I knew I wanted to read the books eventually. So I figured I would do them more in tandem. So I kind of put that on pause. But overall, I, I enjoyed the TV show. Um, I enjoyed the book quite a bit more, I think. But yeah, I'm, I, it's just like weird how, I, I feel like because there wasn't a ton of pressure on either the TV show or the books, like it just they thrived you know like there wasn't all this attention paid to them so they just like kind of had a bit a bit more room to just kind of be themselves and wasn't weren't the books also like self-published originally or am i making that up um i have the wikipedia article up let's see what they say um while jake's doing that i'll kind of be the the pooper of this party i've i've watched the first episode of the show probably like three times always with the intention of getting into it and for some reason, I just haven't been able to. I don't know why, but there's that. And so I, I think I need to just like Divorce get through that. the first. Yeah, kind of force it because I, you know, everybody that who has opinions that I trust <clears throat> all really like it. So I just need to kind of watch it. I don't to, know. Be, to be fair. Um, so do you think that your thoughts on the first episode affected your thoughts on the book or? Where is that where you're, no. where you're going with that or not really because it's been a minute since I tried watching it I think the last time I tried watching it <clears throat> was probably like a year ago I, I first tried watching it like I think when the second season was coming out like it was still when it was still on sci-fi and then I think I tried watching it one time in between those two and I just haven't been able to get into it I don't know why uh, it's not like I didn't I didn't not like it like there was anything like while i was watching him like nope i'm not gonna watch this it was just like i watched it and i think the first time i watched it, i watched the first three episodes or something and then i just didn't ever feel compelled to keep watching it type thing to be fair um so i watched the first season because i had heard good things from people in our discord who really like um the expanse and so i was like i'll give it a shot and I was like not really a big fan of the first season until the last few episodes when they start to tie together like what like you start to unravel some of the mysteries that have been going on because uh, the first book and the first season are almost like one to one 
as far as an adaptation and as far as like timeline and the the first book is kind of this detective story and so towards the end I was getting some answers I was like oh this is really cool but I was kind of put off by the like it kind of had like a sci-fi channel um production level I'd say to an extent like in terms of like acting or writing like I was kind of put off by it until like the plot started to grip me anyways I I didn't continue the show because I was kind of I don't know it was like oh that was that was decent and then I was thinking about the show a few years later and about to rewatch it to then start the second season when again members of our discord were kind of hyping up the whole series and that's when I was like well maybe I should just read it and in my opinion the book was it got everything like everything that's good in the show the book has but I think the book is written better than the first season of the show is written and so I think it's like the better way for me it was the better way to experience that story so so I wonder how it affected your I wonder how your take on the book itself was similar or different than your take on the show um one interesting thing about the way they structure the tv show is they the climax of the first book takes place basically halfway through the second season of the tv show yeah sorry i I said that wrong yeah i i think i think they take parts of the second book and insert it into the first season and take some of the parts of the first book and they're in the second season as well so it's structured a bit differently than than i would have expected yeah the first season is more like half the first book with some of book two i guess which i haven't started at all yeah um another interesting thing that i wanted to uh, talk about before we get in um, maybe we can do it really quickly before we get into the plot line and the characters and things like that it's just that um james s.a corey is actually a pseudonym for two separate authors they write under the same name and i believe one author writes the james holden chapters and the other author writes the miller chapters so oh, it's it's kind of an interesting way of writing it's it and and publishing it reminds me sort of of like the duo of Steven Erickson and uh, Ian Esselmont who write uh, the Malazan books. And it, it's just kind of cool to see how uh, people are able to work together in writing. And it's yeah. it doesn't seem jarring to me. Like it's two different people writing one book. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but it, it seemed pretty seamless for me. Yeah, well, that's a good transition, right? And I, I want to go back and correct myself. I guess Orbit originally published it in 2011, so it wasn't self-published. But um, Ryan, it's interesting that I did. I know that they kind of co-wrote it, but um, I didn't realize they split it up like that. And it's interesting because my one criticism for this book is that Miller and and Holden almost seem like the same person to me. Really? Yeah, you didn't think that? Oh my goodness. I thought they just like, they're completely, they're like polar opposite. They're like foils of each other. Okay, they're like foil uh, foils, but like they still, um, I don't know, like they still like think the same. Not Maybe not like about, um, like there's all sorts of gray in terms of how they think, but like their thought process just seems much more like, I don't know, like sometimes I would forget which like person I was reading. Here, here's my take on, here's my take on that because I kind of agree with Ben, but maybe for a little bit different reasons. And this is kind of one of my main critiques of the book is it seems like they were always able to just come up with the answer to whatever solution, like 
to whatever situation they were in. They could kind of just know what to do next. And it didn't seem like they had to work that hard to do it. Like they would either kind of had already come across the answer that they needed earlier on in the book. Yeah. I, th- I feel like, like that and, doesn't and, have anything to do with Ben says you're just well, no, criticism. No, 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 because it's, it's, they both, <laughs> we're not, the, sorry, we're not sorry, to that I'm, point. I'm yet. too hot on the mic. <laughs> they both do it though. That's the thing is that like both of the characters kind of solve problems the same way by just doing, by just like kind of knowing the answer to the problem. And I feel like both those characters do it, which is why they seem similar to me and connecting that back to it. With what yeah. Ben said. I mean, they're just, they're both very like capable middle-aged mm-hmm. men who are trying to do the right thing, but sometimes failing. Like, sure, they might have different philosophies on life and stuff, but like, they still f- feel like, like if I was to compare like them to Matt and Rand, like those two characters, I can just like, like there's all sorts of differences. But if I was to compare like Miller or Holden, they just kind of seem interchangeable to me a lot of the time. That might be the hottest take of the episode. I still liked it, but... Did Ben, you feel like their voices were similar? Like uh, they were similarly written, but they were very, because I mean, I agree with Jake that uh, they they were different characters and, and, you know, their views and their upbringing, but like, and, and like they, they were very different in my head, but I don't know how much of that was because I watched the show before. And so I, I feel like, I, I don't know, I, I had already differentiated them very well before I had even read the book. I don't know. I will, I will say that the characters are probably the weakest part of this book. Like they're not super fully developed and turn and like like you would find in like a fantasy book. And in that sense, it's more like a traditional sci-fi book. But I don't know. They're like like they I guess I mean they're similar in that they're both determined and they think what they're doing is right. But that is that's not like like almost every main character thinks what they're doing is right. Like, I don't know how that's, <laughs> I don't, I don't see that as something of like, Oh, they're the same person because what they're doing I, is right. No, no. I see your point, but like, I don't know, just like even the amount of like navel gazing versus action that they participate in. It just feels like, uh, I don't know. It feels like they're kind of interchangeable, especially. And, and it's especially weird to me knowing that they're written by two different people because it just felt like it was one person trying to write two different characters, but kind of not really succeeding. Well, okay. So this is who Miller is, in my opinion. Miller is somebody who, who thinks like, who is very much more the ends justify the mean. And that's yeah. like, that's how he's driven. And he's like, not sure where he fits in, like in society, because he's a belter who works for like an earth corporation. And he's trying to like do the good he can but like has a jaded view of the world is is like pretty cynical and and then like his plot line is coming to realize or maybe not coming to realize but his plot line is starting to really believe in something and care about something when he hasn't really believed in or cared about things before like he's been a little more nihilistic and James Holden is the opposite he's super idealistic that's why you like josh you mentioned like holden like both of them just solve problems out of nowhere like in the same way holden just like creates problems more than he solves them in this book like he plays into the hands of the of protogen like every step of the way that that is true that's a good point and he's like his his thing is no this is the right thing to do 
it's like skybreaker versus windrunner whereas he's more the skybreaker like no people need to know the truth so i'm going to broadcast the truth and he you know let the the repercussions happen and that's why he butts head with uh miller so much because miller is like no like you need to understand how dangerous this is and act accordingly and like fib when you need to and tell the truth when you need to so in my head they're just completely different okay so that might be the difference between like lawful good and chaotic good right but like still there's like a similarity to me where you know like you're they're saying hold, hold <laughs> just no no but like holding just like yeah broadcast it but similar to like miller how he just like shoot i guess spoilers but like he just shoots the scientist guy at the end like they're both very like oh this needs to happen just do it like i'm just gonna do it you know yeah, well, that, and that's, I mean, they're both characters who do what they think is right. Right, yeah, so I guess, I, yeah. Which is why they're, they're such good foils for each other. Right, I, yeah, okay. I guess the voice, I maybe not the actions, yeah. but for me, the voice was was very similar between them. And, so. and I, I, sorry, to go off what Ryan was saying, I think having seen the first season of the TV show did help me really distinguish the two in terms of voicing. I, I think we, we have discuss this uh, <laughs> in depth and i I'm want to um I, I just looked it up and they do they so looking at the writing process they the authors alternate chapters and they write for um different characters each but then after they each write they write the chapter then they swap and they each revise the other person's work so um they do said at the end of the process it would be hard to identify which line was written by which author. So mm-hmm. I think through the revision process, you know, they both contribute significant. Uh, I mean, obviously you'd have yeah. to. Yeah, the, there's, they both contribute yeah. significantly to um, each character, even if one might initially write one. I liked your, uh, your Steven Erickson comparison. I thought the same thing just because it's, you know, two authors. It's a little different. This is two authors under one name, whereas uh, Mal- Malazan is two authors under two different names. Um, but I did, I don't know if this is true, but I was listening to a YouTube video by Alt Shift X and they said that this story as well started as a tabletop RPG, which is why some, in the beginning, a few characters just die pretty abruptly and it was because those people they were playing with quit the game. <laughs> so the characters just, like, who was the, was it the doctor guy oh, yeah. in the very beginning? Shad? Shad? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and so yeah. that that is interesting. Another like duo team of that that similarity where they had both started with an RPG and kind of built the world. I think it might have been um, one person. Uh, yeah, it says one of the authors set up the science fiction universe, um, but they both probably were involved. Uh, oh, and it included the other author as a player. I will say I I kind of like the fact that like a few people died at the start because it definitely like raised the stake. You know what I mean? I wish yeah. maybe wish that that would have continued throughout it, but it was it was nice. Do you remember any any other of the characters who had died? Maybe that like Martian lieutenant. Um, I, I'm for blanking on his name who kind of escorts them to the shuttle, and then and then dies. I remember the, the guy that dies like, in the riot, right? No, 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 not a riot. You know, as they're escaping the Donager before it's getting yeah. blown up by the stealth ship. The guy who like escorts them from the yeah. holding place to the escape pod. It seemed like he wasn't he wasn't for too long. Or to the resonant. No. Um, I mean his like the his whole crew, their whole crew in the beginning, in the very beginning, um, when they're on the scapulae. Well, uh, 
I guess we talked a little bit about one aspect of it, but what, like, I guess we can just go around, like, what are some strengths and weaknesses we saw of it? Um, who wants to, uh, who wants to start? Josh, let's let Josh go. Let's start with the weaknesses. Yeah, Josh. No, Josh okay. Is already. Well, well, I kind Josh of already has talked been to... bagging on this book the whole time he was reading it. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, there was some bagging going on. Josh You're a Frodo with all those baggins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we already kind of mentioned, I I think I've just discovered about myself that I'm a very character focused reader. Like, I just think I need strong characters to really connect with the book. That doesn't like, so that doesn't mean that I think books are bad. Like I kind of read the first two Malazan books and like we were talking about it earlier, but it was hard for me to really want to continue because although I think the characters are well done, they weren't, um, there wasn't driving the plot the same way. Yeah. There weren't enough of the characters, I guess, to help me really get invested in the rest of the plot. So um, to a lesser extent, because I think I was able to connect a little bit easier to the characters in, in this book, maybe because they were just a little bit more like normal characters, but um, they by far, in my opinion, were the weakest of this first book. I'm sure that they get better as the series goes on. I'm sure that, and um, I think that like I have every hope that as I continue the series, I will start connect really connecting with these characters. But I felt like the main characters, Holden and Miller, were were fine to to good. Like they were definitely they were compelling. But I felt like pretty much all the side characters weren't, and the ones that were were just confined to like either the role of the love interest or the role like mm. they they were kind of just here's that what this person's going to do and they're going to just kind of fill that role. None of these are like deal breakers, right? Like every book has this to these things to a certain extent, but these are what stood out to me. And then as well, the the pacing was a little bit weird. I felt like going through the book leading up to the climax, like I felt like there weren't a lot of, I felt like the beginning was exciting and the very end was exciting, but there was just kind of a lot of things that happened and you didn't know how important they were going to be as you moved on throughout the book. So I felt like the pacing was just a little bit weird. Those are my, those are really my main critiques, like nothing terrible. And like, I understand why people like these books, but just the first one wasn't the absolute masterpiece that I was kind of hoping for. So there's yeah. my yeah. opinion. I think I'm going to kind of go on and kind of spin off of that with your pacing issue. It kind of felt like, you know, your classic fantasy, kind of like the first book, The Wheel of Time, where you have like the two main characters going from like town to town, only they're going from like ship to ship. And right before they leave, or right after they leave, the ship just like dies. <laughs> so like there's a certain amount of like plot armor that goes into like these things where it's like, okay, how many times can like these characters like escape situations where like literally like tens of thousands of people die like right around them you know what i mean well until the ending of course well yeah it, sure but uh sorry miller i almost said holden because they're interchangeable but miller kind of um signs up for that <laughs> i mean he, yeah but yeah. i mean is is there like a lot of plot armor i i, I guess there's some plot armor like throughout the book with these, you know, narrow escapes that they have, like at Eros and off the Donager. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they're these... literally given like life-saving cancer meds, you know, like you, you think that both of them are going to die because they have their bodies like melting like well, around them. And then- No, it was like a known thing that, that that was in a med kit. They just had to get to the med kit. It's not like they happened upon them, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I still felt like they, I, I didn't really connect when it was going on that they were trying to get to the ship because they needed the med kit on the ship. I just thought they were trying to get to the ship like to like be with their friends. 
Well, it was stuff. both, right? They needed to escape. escape. Yeah, I just that whole sequence felt like okay, like how can they possibly come back from that? No, they should both be dead right now. But yeah, I mean it's science fiction, so they can, I guess, heal a lot more than expect. But for me, it felt like a lot of plot armor during those times, especially because you didn't really see, or at least I can't think of any of anybody else getting that kind of treatment. It felt like everybody when other people would die or have something horrific happen to them, they were just you know goners. So I think maybe if somebody would have been exposed to some toxic amount of radiation at the beginning of the book and then like got came and gotten fixed up then it might have made that a little, land a little bit better or felt a little bit more believable right well, they, they set it up right from the beginning like hey we got to make it to the ship it'll have like we're going to suffer some radiation poisoning but it'll have medicine but didn't like one of i feel like i was holding didn't he like maybe it was miller didn't they like one of them break his arm like right when they're like getting to the ship or something and then like they hardly even reference that throughout the rest of the book yeah, I mean, that's, that's again, like the sci-fi thing. Like they have, it's like, I don't but know. like another character like broke his leg and he, they kind of referenced that he was still having trouble with his broken leg throughout it. So it, it just kind of felt like some of the, uh, like, you know, medical, like things that these characters went through just were magically hand waved away. Well, I mean, it's, it, it one took place on like a short range shuttle that they were like barely surviving on um that was when the their main ship the canterbury exploded right and they were surviving on that that short-range shuttle and then the other was on like a state-of-the-art martian uh marine or martian navy ship you know that would probably be more equipped equipped. to handle injury so i mean i don't know as far as like that that necessarily that didn't really bother me i think they took a long rest like you're, you're getting all your hit points. I think, I think, I think Ben, what I'm hearing Ben saying, like, I don't think he's saying that these are necessarily plot points, but they are, they do kind plot of make it harder mean. or plot holes. Sorry. They're yeah. not necessarily plot holes, but they do make it a little bit harder to get invested in the stakes of them is my opinion on it. I can see that for sure. What what would you say were some negatives, Ryan? Some weaknesses. Um, I, I think I would agree also maybe the character work, but I mean, since we've already talked about that so much, another negative that I felt was to an extent, the romance between Jim Holden and Naomi, it seemed a little like abrupt when, you know, he had just survived on Eros and he was all of a sudden like, I love you, Naomi. I mean, I, I do like how she reacted where she <laughs> was like, like, you liked half the people on the yeah, ship. She's you like, you've been, you've been like, I mean, I, I like you, but you've been sleeping around a lot and I don't think you love me. And until you, you're like ready to show me that you love me, then we're not really, this isn't going to happen. Um, so I did like that. And, um, but, but I, I do feel like maybe it was just a bit abrupt for me. Like it didn't really develop. There weren't quite as many like, clues before leading up to it you know like deeper talks where you could tell like oh like maybe they're getting feelings it was kind of just like like Holden would look at Naomi and be like wow she's she's a really good mechanic yeah and And then you'd have Miller kind of like kind of noticing stuff between you know so so to to me that that whole sequence Ryan kind of felt like a fantasy where it's like oh I like you but you're just too much of a stud and you're just like too sleeping around too much and and you know i i I do love you but like you know what she was saying not really but it it felt like a little it felt a little bit to me like how um like a 
17 year old kid would write write a book like putting themselves in the novel like every woman wants to get with me but they just know i have you know a reputation so they gotta kind of make sure i really like them first that wasn't it at all though (laughs) this is that's funny um sorry i'll when i get to my critique i can i can follow up on that but that's i I will address that that is that is a bad interpretation what it because what she wasn't saying like like you're too much of a like you're sleeping around too much and like i need you to like it, like it wasn't anything like that what it was is it was more the fact that he was saying that he loved her and acting like that and she's like you don't even know what that means like you think you've been in that like in this series of relationship with everyone and like you jump in way too fast and you don't like like I'm not going to do that because like you need to like you need to get, actually get to that point like we need to like this needs to actually develop in a relationship so in my head that was more of a like checking the that kind of trope of like a fantasy or any sort of storytelling of like all of a sudden we're in love like kind of like inverting that like no that's not how people are and kind of him because he is such a romantic him having to like check himself on that anyways you can continue Uh, right (laughs) so the the other thing that I when, when I thought a little bit about it and maybe I need a different perspective but Miller's obsessiveness over Julie Mao is a little strange when, when I kind of look at creepy. it from, from yeah. uh, like a different perspective, because he's like a middle-aged detective divorced and he's like really clinging to this girl, like Julie, who's, you know, probably in her, I don't know, like mid twenties. I, I, I'm not yeah. exactly sure on the ages, but she's significantly younger than him. And I don't know, maybe age isn't, it's not as like taboo in 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 this world for somebody so much older but he like really becomes so obsessed with her like basically he like loses his job over like the fact that he can't let let julie go okay and oh okay sorry i'll let you finish and and so i mean it it seems like his obsessiveness seems a bit weird and i guess you know him as a character he's he's like pretty broken and flawed and so maybe he's just kind of looking first, like he doesn't know it, but he's really looking for something to, to give his life back some meaning. And, you know, this, this girl who he, um, you know, he sees like all of the good in her and he kind of idolizes her in his head. And like, she needs me. Like she has, she has nobody else. Like the police station um, isn't really, it isn't really giving her, what, what she needs or giving her the attention that she needs and he feels like he can I don't know I'm I'm interested to hear Ben's perspective. yeah so I agree with that but I think if you view it so I was really agreeing with that until he got fired and they were basically like like he realized that he himself was like the like washed up detective you know kind of like that moment of clarity for yeah. him and then and then if you view it and then by the end of the book where he essentially commits suicide you kind of view him as spiraling down into this, into like mental, you know, like collapse almost. And so I think that his obsession with Julie is for sure like a symptom of his overall mental state, not like a cause of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to interpret that. So that's- And also just, and also just him needing to find the answer to everything, even like, at at all costs he's that's yeah that's a big part of his yeah 
yeah, big part yeah. of his character. But even then, he like views himself as like extremely capable of finding the cause, and other people don't really view him that way. So you can like even make an argument that he, and maybe he used to be that way, kind of, but like deluded. Yeah, currently he's kind of uh, in his own head, kind of uh, made himself out to be like this awesome detective, whereas like he's really just the guy that they stick the, you know, like he's not a good detective. People. Yeah. Did you want to continue, Ryan, or? No, I think I think that we should. If you have some weaknesses you want to discuss, yeah. Jake, but I, I want to get to the the strength positive. of what we liked. Yeah, um, I will say, I like I said before, I do think the characters are probably the weaker part of the book. Mostly, I thought the plot was really good, but um, there were some weak parts there. Where along with the Julie Mao thing, I did think it was kind of a trope to have like oh, of course, like, the missing girl is the key to, like, solving the, the final, like, the final um, conflict. That was kind of, like, I don't know, that was kind of disappointing, um, especially after, like, that moment. Like, I liked Agent Miller's, like, character arc so much, like, that we just talked about, like, that realization of, like, he's kind of full of himself, you know, the whole... Um, book and then having that crushing moment of realizing oh I'd like I totally misread the situation I'm not as good as I thought I was and um and then when he finds when he finds Julie Mao and she's like taken over and like dead I thought that was a cool way to do it like that was kind of like some George R. R. Martin stuff because it was building up to having her be like like the trope would be she would be the key to end the conflict but then she's dead and I was like oh that's cool like where's this gonna go now and then it went back to her being the key at the end. And I felt like yeah. that, that was kind of weak. I was, I mean, it kind of, it, it was made sense. Like, and it was cool how things were resolved. Like the plot, like everything that happened, like the plot developments were cool, but just the fact that she was the key again was kind of a, meh. Um, and then I also think, and I don't know, you guys can tell me whether this is a strength or a weakness. I just thought James Holden's character was kind of annoying. Like, the moments when he was, uh, it was either like the characters were under underdeveloped, which like doesn't bother me too much if the plot is good enough, but then like he would do things that were just so frustrating. And then not half the time, like trying to realize like with the, the love interest thing, like, oh, the author did that on purpose to show like, he's really naive, naive, naive and a romantic, which is why he names, you know, like the ship after uh, Don Quixote and everything, like like that's part of his character flaw. But then just like when he, <laughs> to Josh's point, not that he's solved things with like without warrant or without earning it, but just when he did solve things, he would just, he just came off like, I think those were supposed to be coming off as like these big hero moments. And instead it was just like, oh, like you needed, like he was full of himself in a different way. And maybe, I mean, there you go. There's a similarity. I think they were both like full of themselves. And again, that sense of like, they both think what they're doing is right. Anyways, so that, that was probably, those are the weakest parts in my head, in my, uh, my opinion. I will say the strong, some of the strongest parts to me and things I really liked about it were the, the intricate plot and politicking, I think was done super well. Like it really reminded yeah. me again of like Game of Thrones, the way they're setting up all the different chess pieces of, these factions and like the tensions that are there and how mis misinformation, miscommunication and assumptions really like ruin things. I like how every time 
like Holden would say the truth, like broadcast the truth of a situation, it would cause basically lies to end up, you know, like not yeah. truth to end up everywhere and how that would jettison things. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't say Mars did it. I just said that the battery is Mars. It's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You idiot. Like, yeah, but, but I yeah. love that. Like that, that idea of like, you're trying to do good, but the consequences are you're going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen. And I thought that, I thought that was like done really well. And like all these things that didn't really seem to make sense all of a sudden at the end of the book, like, Oh, that's why these things happened. And, and like I, that, the, the weaker characters didn't bother me as much because they were kind of just swept away in, yeah. in the story. I will agree that I thought like it made it because a lot of times the struggle with fantasy, right. With politics is to, try and keep track of all the houses you know you're like i don't know stark Lannister. like you it's it is like yeah. mentally taxing to do that but with this like they were all super distinct because it was just mars and earth kind of had a you know alliance but maybe not and then the belters and then protogen like those are kind of like yeah. the uh, four things that you know keep track of and we can anchor ourselves in our own world in order to kind of see how all those would naturally fit together. And they did do a good job of kind of naturally fitting together while also having those tensions. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good a good part of the book too. And I think I think the the detective story, the way they had it, the the resolution to that and how it opened up a larger conflict, not not just was the resolution good, but the larger conflict that I assume is going to be like the core of the series, I thought was really interesting. And it, the way it ended made me super excited to see where uh, things are going to go with this series so by, further. By larger conflict, you mean like the seed that was kind of like sent towards Earth and uh, like, yeah, how Progen was trying to develop it. Yeah, all of it, like Phoebe being sent from like something outside the solar system, the proto molecule, and especially how Eros became sentient and is landing on Venus and just like, okay, you know you know that is not the end of that. Like, you know something's going to grow out of it. So yeah. I I agree with, with Jake on those strengths. I think plot and the politicking were both both interesting. Like, I, for for this book, it does, it does kind of keep things pretty close and simple. So, I mean, yeah. you're focused on Jim Holden, his crew, uh, Miller, you know, a little bit of Fred Johnson and the OPA. Um, and, and you kind of, they have these actions and then you, you see like the cascade, uh, the consequences that these actions are having on the greater galaxy. Like you get glimpses of them when they're, where they're like, they don't talk about them in depth. I think the show does, um, in the first season, they do introduce characters that aren't introduced until like maybe the second or third book. And so you do see more of the like the political um, factions that are happening on earth and Mars and how they're interacting um, as this all goes down. So I think that's something that the, the show does a bit differently as well is that it introduces those things. I think that from the, the you know, the whole protomolecule thing is uh, so fascinating and it's what is it about this because it's you know when you, when you when it comes down to it like this is so interesting but it, it's done in like so many different ways right because like essentially they're almost like zombies right because this this virus is um you know it, it hijacks their body you know kills them hijacks their body and then you know spreads and 
Um, we, you know, we see it in Halo with the flood. We saw it in, um, there's something similar in one of the Children of Time books. It, it, this is like just a very, uh, this like, you know, some other, you know, molecule virus that, that takes over life and alters it in a way that's, you know, scary to us. I, I don't know that it like, it, it just appeals to our, like, you know, primal sense of fear or something. Uh, but it's like, you know, very compelling. I, I, I didn't, I don't know that I would really call it a weakness, just that it's, you know, so done because I feel like it's this, a trope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a trope with, uh, but they have like their own unique take on it. And it seems like it's, you know, almost a bioweapon that's been engineered yeah. by some other sentient species and, and sent towards Earth. And like speaker for the dead a little bit too. Or the, 2007 hit novel the host by Stephen Meyer uh, <laughs> a little different from the host <laughs> but I'm liking the connection <laughs> I, I don't know if that was 2007 by the way but um, sounds about right <laughs> sounds about right um, and, and I think that I think these books it definitely scratches that space opera itch um, that yeah that I, I had I mean I, I don't I don't like love space opera. I don't dislike it. It's just not really a genre that I seek out very often. Um, so I, I think it does it well, though. And um, I really liked it. Yeah, I was going to say one of the big pros for me is like it was just at that sweet spot of sci-fi for me where I felt like I might have actually like learned a few things from it, but I never felt like I was, you know, like asked to figure out the like complexities of the space-time continuum while I was reading you know what I mean like wasn't the three-body problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a specific reference the three-body so <laughs> I actually have never read that so it was an inadvertent reference oh, okay. um, <laughs> it was like yeah like okay you're dealing with like g's and like trying to like there's some limitations that that are being talked about you're also seeing like uh, like I love the like Nauvoo like where the Mormons were like gonna go out and colonize the this like space like there's I definitely... was so sad that that got ruined like it they're was like, killing we're me we're gonna steal your ship yeah well, that it killed it, me inside it get, like it didn't get ruined the... though right because it didn't it didn't hit so it's still I think they're still gonna sell well, isn't it. it headed towards the sun now though well I'm sure that they could do a U-turn eventually I don't is know is there anybody on it or are they piloting no. it remotely I think, yeah, I think they just piloted it. I don't know. Maybe not, but that, that was like, oh, what a waste. <laughs> and so, <then> missed. <laughs> but yeah, there's like all sorts of like these kind of sci-fi things that I did feel like was a, it was a big uh, pro of the story for me. Now I haven't read a ton of sci-fi, so maybe I'm uh, like, maybe it's been done a ton better like in other places, but I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Josh, do you have anything good to say? Or... <laughs> yeah, Come on, yeah. Josh, you guys. I, I, so overall, overall, right, like, I think that this was a fun book. I think that it was a um, enjoyable, like ride. Um, I thought that the the plot did keep me interested. Like I was, I was ready to figure out what happened. Like I, I wasn't as bummed as Jake was that the girl was the key to the whole thing because I thought that they set that up all right in the prologue. Like that but they did, they did such a pull the rug from under you. And I, I was like, yeah, that's such a good pull. I know. You're, then, you're right. You're right. But then it wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, I kind of echoing what everybody else said, like it was, it was the sweet spot of sci-fi for me um, where it wasn't too intense, but it provided for some cool settings. Um, I, I will say that I did. And, and I know we're supposed to be talking about 
positives right now, but like whenever they're just kind of going from ship to ship, like that does kind of get it hard to, I don't have the best, what's that inner eye thing called where like people have varying degrees of how well they picture things. I don't have the best, like one of the, like I don't picture things in like intricate detail. So when they're just kind of going from like ship to ship, it kind of got lost on me. But um, that, that was just kind of something I noticed while looking back, like I don't have a real good like image of kind of the different settings that they were on in the, on the book, but I didn't really notice that while I was reading it. So it must not have been too bad. I, I think that watching the TV show helped me a bit. I mean, I think sometimes it's, it's positive because I can picture when they're on the Rosinante, like, you know, what the set looks like on the TV show and when they're on Tycho station or Eros, I can sort of picture that. I mean, sometimes it hurts when, when you're not a big fan of an actor and it's like, you know, now you just imagine the actor now as that character. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want to, I want to imagine like my own Holden or Miller. And yeah. it's I was the whole time I was, do you, uh, never mind. I was going to say uh, kind of the actors I imagined for them, but then <laughs> casting somebody that's already been casted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry josh i hijacked your no no i i I don't really have much value to add like i just don't want it to come away that i thought was a bad book i just kind of already said the issues i had with it and i hadn't really heard anybody talk about those issues i'm sure they do on like you know i'm not on the reddit or this book i'm so but i just hadn't heard heard anyone talk about that so we can uh we can kind of give a final score final rating um i you know i thought the like echoing what we've all said that I think it is that like a really good combination of more classic sci-fi of like it's a little harder whereas like everything feels very real like this could happen like technology yeah. it just needs to be a, a little it almost feels like happen. inevitable for that to happen yeah like, yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like oh we discovered this magic technology and now like our world is basically real except for this magic it's just like this is a natural progression and the the character the like factions motives reflect or it seemed very real to me like the opa and that final like standoff between the rasinante and like earth and mars's forces like anyways um i'm gonna give the book a a solid probably a rounded up eight out of ten I think it's a solid entry like it's a solid entry in a series and it makes me really interested in continuing and seeing where it goes i thought yours was gonna be higher Jake. no i mean i i i think it definitely had its weaknesses but it was i really liked it and it has it has room to grow for sure i think that i my final score would probably be around a six out of ten again like i i liked it like a six out of ten i think it's still a good book and and so i'm planning on continuing reading it i i probably shouldn't have hyped it up so much at hot takes but yeah, six out of ten is where I six out of ten sounds kind of brutal to me. <laughs> so, well, you gave it an eight, eight out of ten, but like I five out of ten for me is an average book. So six out of ten is like an above average book. Is it or is seven out of ten an average book? No, seven out of ten is a good book. Like a, it's a going off of American grading systems or <laughs> see, I, I I do think that I've never I've never heard Josh give a five out of ten for the record. <laughs> I have. Okay. Maybe we approach scoring a bit different. Everyone does, and that's why this is. There's no way a five out of ten is average. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Five. Okay. You're right. And if you were to average up my total, my total reviews, it would come nowhere near close to a five out of (laughs) ten. But that's because I generally read books that I think I'm going to really like. So. 
So okay. it's not the true average, but like okay. if Josh had read every book in the universe, he would give an average of five out of ten. Yeah, I, I feel like I I only pull from books that I think are going to be above a five. So then my average probably falls. Well, then how close. would you know what a low score book? I've never. Right. Josh, what would the host by Stephanie Meyer? <laughs> See, that that would be like a that would be like a two or three out of ten. You know, Whoa, wow. no, that's a, that's a five. That's one where I, I can't that's a five. I, yeah, I don't okay. feel like wow. I, I remember that was a not waste liking it. I remember not. <laughs> okay, liking we're gonna do a review that I was right like 15 when I read it. Tune so in I, next time for the host. Yeah. If this video, <laughs> so, if this video gets over however many likes, we should read the host. Dude, I'd read it again for sure. Okay. All right, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan never got to give a score. It was hijacked I still want to give Josh's. a score too. Let's go, Ryan. Uh, ben, Ben, you you give your score. You seem excited about it. So I was going to do a seven out of 10. I think I'm going to go eight out of 10 just because I like the point that Jake made that this is a first book. And I don't think that I've, like one of my favorite reasons why I love recommending Mistborn to people is because you can stop reading after the first book and have it be like a solid story. And I feel like this does that as well. Like mm-hmm. you can just, you know, read it. If you like it, then you can keep reading it. If you're like, ah, eh, then you can just have had a fantastic first, first book experience. So I'm going to go eight out of 10 because of that. So um, I think that it's hard because I've seen so much of the TV show and I really like the TV show. And so I do feel like it's influencing my scoring of the book. I want to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, And the reason why I do that is Jake talked a bit about this, just how um, I I felt like the plot was well wrapped up in this it, it like it ended at a good point um at the end of the book just in terms of the proto molecule and miller um you know miller and julie kind of flying off into venus together um and but it leaves it open for some for some very interesting for some very interesting things to happen in the future um especially you know with the proto molecule obviously but also with politics between mars and earth and the opa um all of those things i feel like are you know they have very interesting motivations and sub factions inside of them uh, that i'm looking forward to uh, to reading more about and so i think that uh, it, it was very interesting um i i really like this premise i think that the character work um wasn't wasn't too wasn't like very detrimental in my read through. I, I think that I, I noticed it, but I still liked it. And it, you know, it's just a great sci-fi fun read. Yeah. That's, that's why I, and you know, a great, a great debut novel. Yeah. So probably average seven and a half out of 10 giving, given Josh's outlier score. That's at least... <laughs> I'll, I'll bump mine up to 6.5. I thought you guys were good. <laughs> I honestly th- th- thought you guys were going to like give it closer to like seven between seven and eight. So I wanted to make it like different enough from you, but you okay. guys are all between eight and 8.5. So I think that I generally, 6.5. I think I might trend a bit higher in my scores. Um, like on Goodreads, I feel like I very, if I, I usually give things like a four, if I really like it, I'll give it a five stars. And then if I don't like it, I'll give it three stars and maybe very rarely a two star. If you're like, nobody should read this book, two star. Yeah. We need to have, a ne- you know what we need to do next time it's all five of us is just talk about a rating, rating system. systems yeah. and like the strengths, the flaws, like 
how should you interpret a rating system? Like, how do you even rate a book or anything? You know, that'd be fun. I feel like I feel like ratings are like so nebulous too, because like a lot, so much depends on like your reading experience. You know, like at least for me, I mean, I don't feel like at Phantology we really like are holding ourselves up to be like you should listen to our opinions about books. And if we give a book, I, I get annoyed when critics are like, I like this. So therefore everybody should like it. You know, I feel like we're like, okay, let's talk about this book, what we liked about what we did like it. And then people can make their decisions about it. So having said that, I feel like with me, so much can go into whether like I give a good book, a good rating or a bad rating. And a lot of that has to do with like, where I am at while I'm reading it, like if I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, or like if I'm really excited to be reading yeah. it or not. So that's my I, I like recognize that I have a lot of bias when I saying so maybe 15 year old Josh did not like the host because his crush was no, I'm gonna say the host was more 2009. That's my probably guess. I feel like he didn't yeah. like it because he wasn't emotionally mature enough to appreciate she it. didn't get the nuance of of it. The the host dang the film came out in 2013. There's a movie yeah i've seen the movie well, let's, do, let's do a viewing party ah uh, we should do we should figure out how to do watch parties for phantology that'd be way fun anyways that's that's our episode of leviathan wakes thanks for tuning in um we'll be continuing with caliban's war um i i assume all of us are on board to read that maybe we can get steven in on this too um make sure to you know follow us on your social medias join your discord if you can and uh Tell us why Holden and Miller are different people. <laughs> yeah, tell us why we're wrong on the Discord. We do like to discuss the books yeah. there. And on the YouTube comments. Yeah. All, All right. right. See you guys. See, See you guys. guys.